Visit Hellsberg.com for safe and easy ways to shop this holiday, like free shipping and returns, virtual shopping appointments, or buy online and pick up in store. And right now, get a free Microsoft Surface Go 2 with the purchase of $1,499 or more. You gift, you get. Limited time offer while supplies last. See online or in store for details. Haverty's Furniture is here to help you get set for the season with up to $1,000 off. So you can set the stage with style and set the bar more beautifully. So why not settle in together on a new sofa? Because being at home doesn't mean having to settle for less. Even though the holidays feel a little different this year, Haverty's Furniture can help you create the perfect holiday setting with up to $1,000 off plus 0% interest. But will God indeed dwell on earth? Behold, the heaven of heavens cannot contain thee. How much less this house that I have built? On that connotation that the heaven and the heaven of heavens cannot contain God made them think that God is filling every place in the universe <laughs> because he cannot be contained in the heaven and the heavens of heavens. What they do not understand is the heaven and the heaven of heavens have boundaries. Welcome to the podcast that exposes biblical teachings you've never heard before. Tune in as we give you eye-opening insights on the authentic teachings of Jesus Christ, featuring no-nonsense preacher, Brother Ellie Soriano. Brace yourselves as we listen to The Unheard Truth from the Bible. Here is your host, Yuli Villamin. Being powerful is an innate quality of the one true God who created the heavens, the earth, and every living creature there is. We revere and worship Him because of this power that gave us life and the power to cause death. We realize that we are indebted to God For without Him, none of what we have in life is possible. This is why some people are easily swayed by false preachers who pretend to know God, the one true God in the Bible. Their lack of enlightenment brought about by their malicious intent to preach the scriptures causes them to picture God inaccurately like how they gospelize that God is everywhere. Because according to them, believing otherwise will render a feeble God. Therefore to them, God needs to be all over the place, which, metaphorically speaking, is illogical and imbecilic. Most importantly, it is not biblical. Good evening, and welcome to the 8th episode of the Unheard Truth from the Bible. I am your humble host, Yuli Villamin. Thank God for this new opportunity to serve you. Join us for the entirety of this episode as we prove to all and sundry that believing God is everywhere is in fact a gross disrespect to the Almighty Father in heaven. So please put those earplugs on and make yourself comfortable for the next hour. 
as we unravel another unheard biblical truth that God is not everywhere. Please welcome our Bible resource person in this podcast. He is the overall servant of the Members Church of God International, the Truthcaster, Brother Eli Soriano. Good evening, Brother Eli. Good evening, Brother Julian. Good evening, everyone that is tuned in to us right now. We welcome you to another episode of The Unheard Truth. Although topics we are discussing may seem to be peculiar. No, not only peculiar, Brother Yuli, but because they, are, they were for a long time under that impression that God is everywhere. What we are going to tell them may, be, may sound insane for others. Don't you expect so? Yes, Brother Eli. Maybe it will come to them as probably heretic. Yes, and funny. Because they wholeheartedly believe that God is really everywhere. That is the faith that was instilled into them by their preachers. So to them, this kind of topic is a little bit hard to stomach. Yes, especially if their teachers are using foreign languages. Omnipresente, omnipotente, omnisciente. You know, especially Filipinos, when we hear words which uh, comes from the language of what is regarded as higher races or maybe superior races of the human race, Filipinos easily believe Americans, Europeans, but... Because we were colonized by the Americans. Yes, we were all colonized by the Spaniards, also by by the Japanese, no? And the influence of uh, American culture is very prominent in our country, Brother Eli. Not only the American. Almost 500 years we are under the power of Spain. Most of our belief or things that we believe in religion came from Spaniards, from Spain, which then were under the, under the influence of Rome, mm-hmm. the Roman Catholic Church which taught them. And I believe, Brother Yuli, this, this influenced also the translators of the Bible. Why, Brother Eli? And this is the worst thing that happened. There are at least two or three translations of the Bible that tells us that God is everywhere. Mm-hmm. For you to bravely say that in the Unheard Truth podcast that God is not everywhere, you are literally and psychologically saying that these three or two translations of the Bible are incorrect because they specifically say that God is everywhere. But before we judge them that they are wrong, let us base our analysis from the Bible, which I believe no pastor in these times is teaching. They don't bother to. They don't bother to because they are convinced that God is everywhere. First thing we have to read or we, where we have to base our belief is in the Word of God, Adirioli. That is the basis of our program, our belief, our stand, in what principle we stand. It is based on the Word of God. Maybe, Brother Eli, people are saying that we are diminishing God because we are not saying that God is... They evil. are the ones diminishing God. Mm-hmm. They are insulting God by saying that God is everywhere. Never in the Scriptures that God said that He is everywhere. 
Mm. Never. Not a single verse of the scriptures in its original language and in its original context. God did not say that He is everywhere. You see that? Really? And let us begin uh, discussing things which other pastors do not discuss because they are under stoppel to use these verses because they have for a long time taught their members that God is everywhere. So by the rule of stoppel, they are stopped not to reveal verses that will prove that God is not everywhere. And the first verse I want to read is in the book of Acts chapter 17 and the verse is 24. In the book of Acts chapter 17 verse 24, God that made the world and all things therein, seeing that he is Lord of heaven and earth, dwelleth not in temples made with hands. If God dwelleth not in temples made with hands, is he everywhere? Obviously not. So that, does that end our discussion for tonight, Barreli? <laughs> If you want it to end like that. <laughs> Because that's, that's quite a straightforward answer from the Bible. In temples made by hands is the first expectation of pastors where God lives. Mm-hmm. That's why they call it the house of God, cathedral, chapel. Huh? Yes, they do, Brother Ellie. And the Catholic Church is worse. Why, Brother Ellie? They call it the church. The building they call the church mm-hmm. without any basis in the Bible. Because the church in the Bible It's not a building. Mm-hmm. The word church came from the Greek word ecclesia. Implies people who were called out. So it's not an edifice. No, never. Never in the Bible teaches us that ecclesia is a building. The church is the congregation of people. Yes. Li- literally, literally, ecclesia is a calling out. A popular meeting, especially a religious congregation. That is the meaning of the word ecclesia. But because of these confusions, rather really, we cannot uh, blame people to hold unto that belief that is for a thousand years or more is uh, dominating the minds and the mindset of theologians. <laughs> that God is everywhere. But One, one verse that the Apostle Paul wrote with the inspiration of the Holy Spirit negates all those claims. God that made the world. Imagine. The world is the dwelling place of every living thing that lives on earth. Yes, Brother Eli, that's true. He is the maker of all homes and of all houses and of all dwelling places. Where the lions dwell, the lions den, it is a creation of God. Mm-hmm. Where a bee dwell, is a creation of God. In the beehive. Where man live, especially on the face of the earth, as the Bible tells us, man created. God created. Imagine the creator of all dwellings, then you are going to make a dwelling place for him. It's like... It's just like an insult. It's like he is renting. <laughs> he is renting a place. <laughs> no. He will not have a dwelling place if man 
did not build temples with their hands. So the Apostle Paul is straightforwardly saying, God that made the world and all the things therein, seeing that He is Lord of heaven. Imagine the vastness of heaven. Yes, Brother Eli. The 13.7 billion light years of space from Earth to the edge of what the Hubble Space Telescope can see is part of heavens. But we are not aware of the exact measurement of the heaven. But I'm sure it is with the exact measurement. Do you know, Brother Yuli, that the heavens have an exact measurement? That's the first time I heard that, Brother Eli. Let us read 19.1 of the book of Psalms and 6. Psalms chapter 19, verse 1. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth His handiwork. Verse 6. His going forth is from the end of the heaven, and His circuit unto the ends of it. And there is nothing hid from the heat thereof. His going forth is from the end of heaven. Do you believe that there is an end of heaven? Even if it is not yet discovered by the Hubble Space Telescope and the JWST, the most efficient of a telescope made by man. The Bible tells us in advance, before they discover it, that the heavens has its end. If there is a term in the Bible, the ends of the earth, Brother Yuli, there is also what the Bible calls the end of heavens and his circuit unto the ends of it. There's a question that is lingering in my mind right now, Brother Yuli. Yes. So you said that there is an end to heaven? The heaven surely has its end. It has its boundaries. Any physical thing has its boundaries. Okay, so how does a God who is immeasurable dwell in a measurable heaven? That is something that we have to discover in the Bible. Because if the heavens have its end, mm -hmm. this will deny or belie the claim of scientists that the universe is an ever-expanding universe. You see that? Mm -hmm. The term ever-expanding universe implies that it is ever-expanding. It mm, doesn't it, end. It doesn't end. But the Bible tells us otherwise. And first, the thing that we have read in 19.1 is the heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament showeth His handiwork. Now the heavens that declare the glory of God, according to verse 6, there is an end of the heavens. So, one thing very sure is that what scientists believe in our times, that the universe is an ever-expanding universe, seemingly it means that the expansion that took place from the beginning of time and that is from the beginning of the Big Bang, <laughs> according to scientists. <laughs> I, some, that Big Bang theory is, for me, is something funny. It's not only something stupid, but it's something funny. Mm -hmm. That big theory of the Big Bang, that theorizes that a large quantity of nothing, see how silly the definition of the theory of the Big Bang. 
a large quantity of nothing. How can you in any manner quantify nothing, Brother Yuli? I don't know how to answer that, Brother Eli. <laughs> <laughs> a large quantity of nothing decided to pack together. Who made the decision? In the first place, who made the decision? Nothing made the decision. A large quantity of nothing? How can you quantify nothing? It's silly. It's simply silly. Then explode outward. Explode outward into hydrogen and helium. That's the theory of the Big Bang. This gas is said to have flowed outward through frictionless space. Frictionless, so the outflowing gas cannot stop or slow down. To eventually form stars, galaxies, planets, and moons. Very, very, a formula formed by a very insane mind. <laughs> Beginning with a large quantity of nothing, which decided to pack together tightly. The first question is, how did you quantify it and who made the decision for them to tightly pack together? That's the theory of the Big Bang. From then on, when the Big Bang, when it exploded, the large quantity of nothing, <laughs> now the, the universe is ever expanding, meaning there is no end of it. But the Bible tells us a truth, a physical truth, that the heavens, if we believe the heavens literally, because the space around us is what the Bible calls the heavens, it has its end. It has its boundaries. Mm -hmm. Now, imagine the God or the power that created this vast universe, unimaginable space, which, in spite of being unimaginable by human mind, Bible tells us it has its end. The creator of this, of everything that is uh, present now, imagine you are going to build a temple to be his house. Bible negates that. The inspired apostle saying, the Lord, the God made the world and all the things therein, seeing that he is Lord of heaven and earth, dwelleth not in temples made with hands. If he do not dwell in temples made with hands, are you going to say he is everywhere? Practically, he's not there. Because he doesn't dwell there. Yes, he's not there. And it is so humble. Humbling for him. It's so humble a place for him to dwell there. Even if you are make, going to make it with, uh, rebuild it with pure gold. You are humbling the creator of the vast universe. Precisely, Brother Eli. Now, we do not stop there, Brother Eli, that he do not dwell in temples made by hands. I will give you a good example. Maybe pastors or believers that God is everywhere will not use this verse. In the book of Acts, chapter 5, verses 1 to 3. Acts, chapter 5, verse 1. But a certain man named Ananias, with Sapphira his wife, sold the possession. Verse 2. And kept back part of the price, his wife also being privy to it and brought a certain part, and laid it at the apostles' feet. Verse 3. But Peter said, Ananias, 
Why hath Satan filled thine heart to lie to the Holy Ghost and to keep back part of the price of the land? I want you to invite your attention, Brother Yuli, on the inspired words of Peter. Ananias, why hath Satan filled thine heart? Brother Yuli, have you realized that? The heart of Ananias was filled with by Satan. Yes, Brother Eli, because Ananias was supposed to be a child of God, right? He's a member of the first century church. And yet, Peter said that his heart was filled by Satan. Yes. If it is filled by Satan, is God there in, the, in the heart of Ananias? I don't think God would want to share this, that space with Satan, Brother Eli. <laughs> You are better than the theologians of the God is everywhere theory. It's like having a bad roommate. <laughs> <laughs> undesirable roommate. Yes, Brother Eli. And Satan is worse than an undesirable roommate <laughs> for sure. So I don't think God would want to share that space with him. The heart of Ananias. Not only the heart of Ananias. Mind you, there is another heart filled with Satan. What other heart, Brother Eli? And the reason why Satan was able to occupy that heart, because God is not there. Mm -hmm. Let us read the book of Matthew, 13.27 of the book of John. John chapter 13, verse 27. And after the sop, Satan entered into him. Then said Jesus unto him, that thou doest do quickly. There is a story. Very clear, Brother Yulini. Because John and Peter wants to know who will betray the Lord Jesus Christ. And John, the beloved disciple, leaning on the chest of the Lord, asked the Lord, who will it be that will betray him? Let us read 13.24, Brother Yulini. In the book of John, chapter 13, verse 24. Simon Peter therefore beckoned to him that he should ask who it should be of whom he spake. Verse 25. He then lying on Jesus' breast said unto him, Lord, who is it? Verse 26. Jesus answered, He it is to whom I shall give a sop when I have dipped it. And when he had dipped the sop, he gave it to Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon. Verse 27, And after the sop, Satan entered into him, and said Jesus unto him, That thou doest, do quickly. Brother Yuli, why did Satan enter? Why was it possible for Satan to enter into Judas? Because God is not there. If God was there, Satan cannot enter. He wouldn't dare enter. Yes. By logic, by spiritual principle, and by physical logic, a place that is filled with something cannot receive any more anything when it is already filled with something. Ananias said, Peter, why hath Satan filled thine heart? Imagine, it is very, not, uh, there is no available space anymore. When Satan filled the heart of Ananias, 
the same manner that happened to Judas Iscariot. Now to say that God is everywhere, Brother Yuli, <laughs> I do not believe so. Very illogical. Not only logical, it is spiritually true. Spiritual analysis will prove it is impossible for God to penetrate into the heart of someone whose heart is already filled with Satan. You know, Brother Yuli, what, what I mean? What do you mean, Brother Eli? Like this. In James chapter 3, verse 16 and 15. Let us read 16 first before 15. James chapter 3, verse 16. For where envying and strife is, there is confusion and every evil work. What do you mean by the word where? Does it speak of a place? Yes, Brother Eli. And that is true to the Greek original word used. The word where envying and strife is, there is confusion and every evil work. Where there is confusion, there is evil. And there is evil work. Where there is confusion. Who is present there? In verse 15. James chapter 3 verse 15. This wisdom descended not from above, but is earthly, sensual, devilish. There is Satan. I will read it again, Brother Yuli. Now I will start from verse 15. This wisdom descended not from above, but is earthly, sensual, devilish. For where Envying and strife is, there is confusion and every evil work. What is present in what James is uh, explaining? Where envying and where there is strife, there is confusion and every evil work. This wisdom did not come from the Father, but is earthly, devilish of the devil. What is present there when there is confusion, evil work, is the devil. Will God be there in that place where, James said, where confusion, envying, and strife is? It's a place. Brother Yuli, is God there? Let us read the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 33. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, Verse 33, For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace, as in all churches of the saints. Where God is, there is peace. Where Satan is, there is confusion. And God is not the author of confusion. So He is not where there is confusion. How, how dare you say that God is everywhere? Are you insulting Him? It seems, Brother Eli, that there are places where Satan already occupied. <laughs> he bought the real estate already, yes. so it's impossible for God to stay there. Yes. God with a God of delicadeza will not go to prostitution dens. He is not even dwelling in places, temples dedicated to him. More so he will not dwell or will he will not be there in places, even if you call it 
the hall of justice. I once had that experience. A hall of justice. In that very hall of justice, somewhere in Pampanga, I experienced injustice. <laughs> Ironically. See, I'm telling myself, this is a misnomer. Hall of justice. When the judge told us that, I'm sorry, Brother Ellie, your opponent had come ahead of you, he said, <laughs> I cannot anymore do a favor for you. I have given my yes to your opponent. I said to myself, this is obviously not a hall of justice. This is a hall of injustice. Are you expecting God to be there? Brother Ellie? I think that's one of the places that Satan brought the, the real estate already. That's so why yes, God will not stay uh, there, Brother Ellie. Yes, no. He will not even dare enter in a heart filled with Satan. How can he be everywhere? Peradventure, do you know the meaning of the word everywhere? It means all places, Brother Ellie. Yes. And the word omnipresent should be, he is always present in every place. Where the connotation God is everywhere came, God is omnipresent. Meaning, every time, every instance, <laughs> God is there. But God is not there. I, I, I want to share to you a verse in the Bible that proves that God is not everywhere. Please, Brother Eli. Revelation 3.20 In the book of Revelation chapter 3, verse 20, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and will sup with him and he with me. Even in your heart, which is not filled with Satan, God is knocking and will enter by your permission, spiritually speaking. God does not force himself to anywhere, even in the heart. He do not force himself. He is not a rapist. It reminds me, Brother Eli, of my first time when I went to Japan. A Japanese businessman in his office, and then he let us enter his office. And then he went outside to get something. And when he came back, he was knocking at his own office, waiting, us, waiting for us to open the door. So that's... A sign of being polite. A polite Japanese, even if he owns the office, he will ask your permission to enter because you are there in, inside. Yes, Brother Eli. Imagine God saying, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and will sup with him and he with me. If you do not want to open, God will not force himself on you. And therefore, he will not be there. Yes. If you don't allow him yes. inside. But if you allow Satan, it is because of your own free will. You may allow Satan or may not allow Satan. You may receive God or reject him. But really, is, is Satan an opposite of God? Because God knocks to the heart of people because he's polite. <laughs> Does Satan just enter without permission yes. to anybody's heart? Yes. When he sees an opportunity, even without permission, he will enter. But you see, if you are a, a child of God, Satan, Satan cannot enter. Mm -hmm. The book of 1 John 
chapter 5. Let us read verse 18. First John chapter 5, verse 18. We know that whosoever is born of God sinneth not, but he that is begotten of God keepeth himself, and that wicked one toucheth him not. Satan cannot even touch you if you are a child of God. But if you are not a child of God, you are a happy-go-lucky atheist. <laughs> Satan may enter into you with, even without knocking first. When you enter your heart, you will see Satan sleeping on your couch already. <laughs> That's why it is silly. Practically, biblically, it's silly. To say that God is everywhere. Now, let us add more verses, Brother Yuli. I hope you understand my simple analysis of the verses of the Bible. Because the verses of the Bible came from the idea or the thoughts of God Himself. Now, let us read, Brother Yuli, verses that proves that really God is not everywhere. Then afterwards, in the last part of, of our program, We will entertain the foolishness of these people who are teaching that God is everywhere. Okay, Brother Eli. Let us lay first the foundation that God is not everywhere. Let us read, Brother Eli, from... Of course, we are reading all from the, from the Bible, from the Gospel. That should be the basis of our faith. We have to believe the Bible. And we have to believe... Only things that are written in the Bible. If we are a disciplined believer, mind you, Brother Yuli, if you are a dis- disciplined believer, disciplined by your faith in God and in His words, you just have to accept what is written. 4.6 of the book of 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 6. I have applied all these to myself. And Apollos, for your benefit, brethren, that you may learn by us not to go beyond what is written, that none of you may be puffed up in favor of one against another. The Apostle Paul speaking to the Corinthians, that you may learn by us not to go beyond what is written. So we are disciplined to learn. Only things that are written, Brother Yuli. Did you get that point? Yes, Brother Eli. We are not allowed to go beyond what is written. Because what was written are revelations from God who know everything that is true. And we should not speak something that is not from God. And we do not have to add or to subtract what God has revealed, Brother Yuli. Hmm? Amen. I hope our listeners will, will join us in analyzing this spiritual truth in the Bible. Remember, our topic is that God is not everywhere. Eh? And we must learn from what is written in the Scriptures, not going beyond what is written. Applying that to our learning tonight, we must learn exactly what is written. Amen, Brother Eli. Let us read 17.1 of the book of John. 
Haverty's Furniture is here to help you get set for the season with up to $1,000 off. So you can set the stage with style and set the bar more beautifully. So why not settle in together on a new sofa? Because being at home doesn't mean having to settle for less. Even though the holidays feel a little different this year, Haverty's Furniture can help you create the perfect holiday setting with up to $1,000 off plus 0% interest. John chapter 17 verse 1 These words spake Jesus and lifted up his eyes to heaven and said Father the hour is come glorify thy son that thy son also may glorify thee presto <laughs> God is not everywhere because the father is in heaven why will there be a necessity for Jesus to lift up his eyes to heaven and pray to the Father if the Father is everywhere, equally at the same time. Can you employ logic, Brother Yuli? I cannot even fathom a sound reasoning to defend <laughs> their erroneous belief, Brother Eli. <laughs> but you were trained as a Catholic and believe that God is everywhere. Precisely, Brother Eli. For how many years you are Catholic? More than 20 years, hmm? I guess, Brother Eli. Yes. <laughs> Imagine, how hard will it be for a Catholic that is 75 years old or 8 years old to rephrase his belief that God is everywhere? Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Agreed? I say amen to that, Brother Eli. 11.27 of the book of Matthew says, that he is the only person who knows God. Mm -hmm. And God is the only person who knows him. Let us read. In the book of Matthew chapter 11, verse 27, All things are delivered unto me of my Father, and no man knoweth the Son, but the Father, neither knoweth any man the Father, save the Son. And he... To whomsoever the Son will reveal Him. I hope that was assimilated by your mind, Brother Yuli, clearly. That only the Father knows the Son, and only the Son knows the Father. And to whomsoever the Son will reveal Him. Mm -hmm. That is what is written. And we must learn from what is written. No more, no less, Brother Yes. So, of all the information, Brother Yuli, we can get. The best information may come from the Lord Jesus Christ about the Father. You see? When he prayed to the Father, he lifted eyes, his eyes in the heavens and said, Father. <laughs> He's talking to his Father. He knows where his Father is. <laughs> he did not rotate his head around. <laughs> and the very reason why he lifted his eyes, because He's the only person who knows the Father personally. He knows that the Father is somewhere there in the heavens. And the precise and the exact analysis is in the book of Matthew chapter 6, verse 9, Brother Yuli. Matthew chapter 6, verse 9. The Lord Jesus Christ speaking. After this manner, therefore, pray ye, our Father, which art, in heaven, hallowed be thy name. 
but the theologians of the Catholic Church and other churches want to imply this prayer as like this. Our Father, Our Father, which is everywhere. <laughs> it is not. The teaching of the Lord <laughs> in the context and the letters and the logic of the scriptures does not allow that, that connotation that God is everywhere. This prayer the Lord Jesus Christ taught practically is uh, telling us this stupidity of believing that the Father is everywhere. Mm -hmm. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be. This is the only podcast where the guest is singing. <laughs> Brother Yuli, excuse us, our voice is not very good. <laughs> but we are just trying to to impart to you our knowledge that we have understood in the scriptures. Hallowed be, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. What's out, Brother Yulia? I have to emphasize something. The reason why I'm, I'm singing, even if I am not <laughs> with a very good voice, eh? Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Ah, God is not everywhere. That word, lead us not into temptation, is not properly translated. Why, Brother Eli? It should not have been lead us not into temptation. Because God will never lead you to temptation. Did you see that, Brother Eli? Yes, Brother Eli. A loving father, like God, will never lead his, his, be son. his beloved child oh, into temptation. You know where that word came from? Where, Brother Eli? It came from the Greek, Isifero. Esfero. Esfero. I do not know the proper pronunciation in Greek. But the given meaning is, to carry inward or to bring in or lead into. But we, that is why they use the word lead us not into temptation. But if you're going to examine the root word of the word uh, ace pharaoh, eh? it came from the Greek word 1519. It is a combination of two Greek words. The first word is 
is, is, to, or into, indicating the point reached or entered. A place, a place, time, eh? etc. The word is, or I do not know the right pronunciation, but it's is. And the word, the other word, which is ferro, is a primary verb for which other and apparently not cognate ones are used in certain tenses only. Named to bear or to carry in a very wide application, literally and figuratively, to be or bear or bring, port, carry, come, let not, let her drive, be driven, endure, go on, lay, lead, move, reach, rushing, uphold, etc. I want to invite your attention, Brother Hilly, to that word pharaoh. One of the meaning, the preferred meaning is to bear. Mm -hmm. To bear. Figuratively also, one of the meaning is to be or bear. What does it mean? If you are going to get the root of those two words that were joined together, is pharaoh. It should have been better if they translated it to bear not us unto temptation. It means do not. Do not lead us. Leave us. Do not leave us. Bear us not when we are tempted. Give, give succor. Help us. Do not bear us. Do not, uh, do not leave us. Being tempted. Being tempted. Because one thing is very sure. God himself will not lead you into temptation. Mm -hmm. He is our Savior when Satan is tempting us. The tempter is Satan, according to the Bible. Why will, per adventure, God will lead you to Satan to be tempted? It is illogical. It is not justice. A God who wants to save us will lead us, L-E-A-D, lead? No. There are other meanings of the word isfero, which means to bear. Do not bear us. Do not leave us. Get us out of temptation. And that is explained by another verse of the Apostle Paul, which contradicts the word lead us to, into temptation. Lead us not. As if God is, will be leading you into temptation. I want to apply the other given meaning of the word isfero. The Greek word. The Greek word isfero. Isfero. Mm. And another verse in the Bible will prove to us that really God will not lead us into temptation. Let us read 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted. Yeah, who will not bear it that you are suffering in temptation. So the word is pharaoh, taking from the context of the scriptures, God will not leave you into temptation. Neither will he lead you into temptation. Lead, L-E-A-D. 
The correct meaning is that he will not leave you being tempted. Just like how Paul explained it. Yes. God is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that ye may be able to bear it. So that you will bear the temptation, God will not bear you or will not leave you in temptation. Have you heard this explanation from your priest in the Catholic Church, Brother Yuli? Or you were made to believe that God is leading man into temptation, which is contrary to all contexts of the Bible. I wasn't able to hear that from the Catholic priest, Brother Eli, because I wasn't going to church when I was a Catholic. I was a vagabond. Studying the Bible in its entirety and taking the context from the entire Bible itself, God is not a nonsense God that will himself lead you into temptation to be tempted by Satan. Satan is his arch enemy. How will a loving father to his children lead us into temptation? That's why that word was mistranslated. I do not know. Brother Technician, can you show to us some versions of the Bible? Ah, the May's New Testament got it right, Brother Yuli. Let us read. Matthew chapter 6, verse 13 from the May's New Testament version. And let us not be left under temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Amen. <laughs> That was rightfully translated according to the thought and the context of the Greek scriptures. Is there another version that will prove that I am not thinking foolishly, <laughs> brother technician? Can you find another version of the Bible that tells us that only one? Only one? Oh, thank God there is a translation that got the real meaning of the word is Pharaoh from its root. Mm -hmm. Let us not be left under temptation. It is what the Apostle Paul is saying in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able, but will with temptation. Temptation make also a way to escape. He will not leave you in temptation. And if he will not leave you in, te in temptation, it is illogical to believe or to say that he will lead you into temptation. Yes, Brother Eli. Did you get that point, Brother That's Eli? very clear. Mm. Now, that prayer tells us that the Father is not everywhere. Because he's in heaven. Not only he. He is in heaven, but where there is temptation, God comes to help. So the reason why temptation came is because of his absence sometimes. Because you are very far, far away from God. Most of us have alienated ourselves to God. And thus temptation That's why temptation comes. comes. Is it true that Most people in our times were separated from God. 
And how can you be separated from God when, where God is, when God is everywhere? <laughs> Let us read. In the book of Ephesians, chapter 4, verses 18 and 19, rather evenly. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 18. Having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them, Because of the blindness of their heart. 19. Who being past feeling have given themselves over unto lasciviousness to work all uncleanness with greediness. You see, there are people who were alienated from God, from the life of God. What do you mean alienated, Brother Yuli? Do not give the, the, the meaning. <laughs> Let us take it from what is written in the Bible. What does, what does it mean when you say a person is alienated from God? Let us read in the book of Ephesians again, chapter 2, verse 11. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 11. Therefore, remember that at one time, you Gentiles in the flesh called the uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision, which is made in the flesh by hands. Verse 12, Remember that you were at that time separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God. In the world. Without God in the world. Is there a God there in the world? <laughs> Without God in the world, Brother Eddie. <laughs> Brother Yuli, I cannot just help but blame these uh, theologians who invented the phrase, God is everywhere. When they were Gentiles, the Apostle Paul wants the Ephesians to remember Remember that at one time, you Gentiles in the flesh called the uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision which is made in the flesh by hands. Remember that you were at that time separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel, strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope. And without God in the world. Is there God there? There is no God <laughs> in the world. If there is now God in the world of the Gentiles, is God everywhere? I don't think so, Brother Eli. <laughs> and remember, the uh, kingdom of Israel, Brother Yuli, is once called the kingdom of God. You know that? Yes, Brother Eli. They were once the chosen people of God. Very good. But you know what happened to Israel when they were found disobedient to God? You know what happened? Yes, Brother Eli. Read it in 2 Chronicles 5.15.3. Chronicles chapter 15, verse 3. Now for a long season, Israel had been without the true God and without a teaching priest and without law. <laughs> How can God be everywhere when among His chosen people 
He is not always present. For a long time, Israel had been without the true God. Is there God in Israel that time, that season, that the first, Second Chronicles 15.3 is saying? Is there a God there? For a long season, there is no God in Israel, Brother Eli. And without a teaching priest and without law. You see that? How can then God be everywhere? Of all these declarations in the Bible, all throughout the scriptures, there is no such thing that God is everywhere. But, but sadly, Brother Yuli, because of the, of the mindset and the perversion that theologians have introduced, beginning from the Catholic Church and some Protestant churches, even translators of the Bible in English have translated to at least two translations that God is everywhere. Mm-hmm. One of these is the Good News Bible of the Catholic Church. Let us read Jeremiah 23:23, and I am, I have promised you, we will read their basis, which is mistranslation from the Hebrew manuscripts. 23:23 of the book of Jeremiah. Jeremiah chapter 23, verse 23, from the Good News Bible version. I am God who is everywhere and not in one place only. Is that a truthful translation? An honest? No. It was corrupted by the translators. The Good News Bible is a very dangerous Bible. Another Bible that follows suit is the Contemporary English Bible. Let us read 23.23 of Jeremiah. Jeremiah chapter 23, verse 23, from the Contemporary English Version. I am everywhere, both near and far. That is illogical, Brother mm-hmm. Yuli. The word I am everywhere is a gross mistranslation, which God prohibits. You should not add, you should not deduct from the Word of God. Not even a jot or a tittle. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 18, let us read. Matthew chapter 5, verse 18. For verily I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass, one jot or one tittle shall in no wise pass from the law, till all be fulfilled. You, you see how, how delicate the truth in the Bible is. Just one title or one jot may alter the real thought of the Word of God. And it is happening among translators, especially this. Uh, <laughs> I just want to laugh at them because I feel my, my blood pressure is <laughs> coming up, going up because of this stupidity of these translators. I'm sorry to say, these translators are stupid. They are not fearing God. When God said, not one title or one jot, or when you do not subtract or deduct or add to what God have said, God talking in 23.23 of the book of Jeremiah said, in the King James Version, it says, it is better translated in the King James Version. Brother Yuli. Jeremiah chapter 23, verse 23. 
in the King James Version. Am I a God at hand, said the Lord, and not a God afar off? He said, Am I a God at hand, said the Lord, and not a God afar off? The word used in the Hebrew regional language is, Am I a God karob, karob, and not a God raukok? The meaning of the word karob or karob, I do not know the, the, the right pronunciation, but the meaning is near. Kaurob means near. The first given meaning is near. Am I a God only in a place that is near? And I am not, am I not a God in a place where it is raukok? Raukok means, let us put that on screen. Haverty's Furniture is here to help you get set for the season with up to $1,000 off. So you can set the stage with style and set the bar more beautifully. So why not settle in together on a new sofa? Because being at home doesn't mean having to settle for less. Even though the holidays feel a little different this year, Haverty's Furniture can help you create the perfect holiday setting with up to $1,000 off plus 0% interest. Raukok is, means far. Raukok. Mm, Raukok. Raukok. Yeah. Raukok. So, kaurob and Raukok, meaning near and far. If he is far, he is, he is God of Israel, he can be also a God in places far from Israel. Because the starting point of God's word in the Bible is Israel, mm. logically speaking. Because he first spoke to the Israelites. Yes, but really. Am I a God only near, but not a God afar off? Let us prove this in the context of the scriptures. The Apostle Peter is speaking in the book of Acts 10, 34 and 39. Acts chapter 10, verse 34. Then Peter opened his mouth and said, Of a truth, I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. Verse 35, But in every nation he that feareth him and worketh righteousness is accepted with him. So, Brother Yuli, God can be a God in Israel and God to every nation. You got my point? Yes, Brother Eli. What does that mean? It means he is not in one nation who is not accepting him or does not fear him. He is not in that nation. But if a nation feareth the Lord and worketh righteousness, he will dwell in that nation. Let us read 238 of the book of Acts. Acts chapter 2 verse 38. Remember, Peter is the one talking in this verse also. Then Peter said unto them, Repent, and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins. Peter is talking to the Israelites. He said, Repent, be baptized, every one of you, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. In verse 39, For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off, 
even as many as the Lord our God shall call. The context is there. Am I not God in far places? Am I God only in places where it's near, like in Israel? Peter explaining that God is not a respecter of person, but in every nation, He can be a God of a nation or of a man or of a tribe or of a family. He said, be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus for the remission of sins. For the promise is unto you, to the Israelites and to your children and to all that are afar off. To all that are afar off. So he can be God here in Israel and God also afar off. But does that mean that he is everywhere? No, Brother Eli. Because he can only be in one place or nation that fears him. if that nation fears him and mm. do it righteousness. Mm. But, but if a nation do not fear him, he will not be a, a God to that nation. Let us prove that. In the book of Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah said in 60.12, Isaiah chapter 60 verse 12, For the nation and kingdom that will not serve thee, shall perish. Yea, those nations shall be utterly wasted. You see, God is not there. <laughs> you see that, Brother Eli? Yes, Brother Eli, it's very it clear. Is, it is proven by the verses, the logic, and the context of the Bible that God is not everywhere. I think we have proven that in the first verse tonight, Brother <laughs> And yet, there are more verses to be read to prove that, really, God is not us. The Catholics and other theologians say that God is omnipresent mm. simultaneously in, in one place, in, in every place. You see, that is another error of faith. Why? They insist that He is omnipresent. When you say omnipresent, He is in every place. But there are places where there is no God. How can you say that? It's, you're foolish, practically foolish. But you know what is one of their bases? What, Barelli? What Solomon said mm-hmm. in the book of Kings, let us read, 827 of the book of 1 Kings. And anal- let us analyze it also, Brother Eli. 1 Kings chapter 8, verse 27. But will God indeed dwell on the earth? Behold, the heaven and heaven of heavens cannot contain thee. How much less this house that I have built? Solomon built a temple, a house for the Lord of Israel where they are going to worship him, offer him praises, offer their holocaust, offer their 10% or tithes. And that place is called by the Hebrews, the house of God. Mm -hmm. But when Solomon built that place, Solomon is saying to God in the dedication, Of that temple, Brother Yuli, Solomon said, But will God indeed dwell on earth, on the earth? Behold, the heaven of heavens, the heaven and the heaven of heavens cannot contain thee. How much less this house that I have built? On that connotation that the heaven and the heaven of heavens cannot contain God made them think that God is filling every place in the universe. 
<laughs> because he cannot be contained in the heaven and the heavens of heavens. What they do not understand is the heaven and the heaven of heavens have boundaries. So, if the physical heaven have boundaries, have ends, as, well, as what we have read earlier, don't you perceive that there is a place which is not included in the heavens and the heavens of heavens? It will appear that way, Barreli. Let us prove that. The Lord Jesus Christ can reach beyond the boundaries of heavens mm. in the spiritual realm. 7.26 of the book of Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 7, verse 26. For such a high priest became us, who is holy, harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners, and made higher than the heavens. Beyond the boundary of heavens, the ends of heavens, there is still a place. So that answers my question, Brother earlier, that how can a measurable heaven contain an immeasurable God? Yes, precisely. Because Jesus Christ is made higher than the heavens. So, if the heavens had its boundaries, mm-hmm. there is still a place higher than the heavens. And Christ Jesus, the Son of God, was made higher than the heavens. You must not give boundary to God. Not giving Him boundary is logical and biblical because He is immeasurable. Infinite, the word infinite implies something that there is no boundary nor an end. Yes, Brother Eli. If the heavens are finite, the creator of the heavens is infinite. There is still a place beyond the heavens of heavens. To say that God is everywhere in the universe is making him, degrading him. Imagine a God that can go far beyond the heavens and the boundaries of heavens. You are this destined him or or you are going to appoint to him a place where he can be everywhere? You will confine him. Praise undeserved is slander in disguise. Mm-hmm. You are simply saying, committing slander against God. If you are going to put your conclusions on the riches of human mind, but this is something beyond what we can imagine. Christ as the high priest in the church of God, is made higher than the heavens, Brother Yuli. Did you, did you get that? Yes, Brother Eli. And right now, I am a little bit uh, um, shocked. or <laughs> um, I'm lost for words. Because that's the first time I heard that. He's made higher than the heavens. It is Christ. But God the Father is greater than Christ. So, you so, can expect, expect more. Greater. Now, basing on that declaration, that truth revealed by the Apostle Paul, that Christ was made higher than the heavens. Now, what do I want to say? Beyond the riches of the universe, 
<laughs> there is a vast, a very, very vast and endless, how we make, how may we call it in English? An infinite place. Unimaginable by human mind. Yes, Brother Eli. And because of that, to assign a place where God will be is total disrespect for Him. Even the heavens cannot contain Him. It is the word of Solomon. It makes sense, Brother Eli, because in the Bible... Because He is greater than the universe. Yes, and in the Bible, everybody pictured Him as, or confined, quote-unquote, confined Him in the heavens when He is an immeasurable being, even if the heavens are great in size or large space, still, it cannot contain the greatness of God. Yes. But do you know that there is a definite place where He can be contained, Brother Yuli? Maybe this is the first time you heard that question. And I want to know, Brother Eli. Let us read 2.9 of the book of Colossians. Colossians chapter 2, verse 9. <laughs> I'm almost crying. Because I understood. Now I understand. <laughs> I cannot contain it. I'm sorry. Colossians chapter 2, verse 9. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of Godhead bodily. When Jesus Christ was manifested in the flesh, in that flesh and in the spirit in it, the fullness of the Godhead dwelleth. The fullness of the Godhead. I have shown you, brothers and sisters, a place where the very powerful creator, the God that created everything, which cannot be contained in the heavens and in the earth, can be contained in that being of the Son. Amen, Brother Eli. In Him, in Christ, dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. That is affirmed by the Lord Jesus Christ, Brother Eli. Do mm -hmm. you know that? Let us hear from him. Because this is the statement of the Apostle Paul. And I can say, this is the statement of the Apostle Paul only. When I say only, I am trying to express that there is a statement greater than that. Mm. Okay. If the Apostle Paul said, that in Christ dwelleth the fullness of the Godhead bodily, there is another greater statement than that. And that is the statement of the Lord Jesus Christ himself. Mm -hmm. Let us read from the book of John. John chapter 14 verse 8. Philip said unto him, Lord, show us the Father, and it sufficeth us. Verse 9. Jesus said unto him, Have I been so long time with you, and yet hast thou not known me, Philip? He that hath seen me hath seen the Father. And how sayest thou then, show us the Father? Verse 10. Believest thou not that I am in the Father, and the Father in me? Believest thou not that I am in the Father, and the Father in me? Can you find the Father in Christ, Brother Julie? <laughs> This is the first time that those verses, Brother Eli, we have been reading that verse for a long time now. And only tonight that that verse had a whole new meaning 
for me, Brother Eli. Thanks be to God. And we do not end there, Brother Eli. I read another verse in the book of John also, in chapter 15. Let us read chapter 15, He that keepeth my command. Let us read that. In the book of John 14.23, chapter 14, verse 23, Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man love me, he will keep my words, and my father will love him, and will come unto him and make our abode with so, him. Where can you find the father? To somebody who is keeping the words of God, Brother Eli. But to those people who do not keep the word of God, is God with them? Definitely not, Brother Eli. Is God everywhere? <laughs> We have answered that <laughs> question, Brother Eli, on the first verse. It is very clear. Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man love me, he will keep my words, and my father will love him, and we will come unto him. Oh. That verse calls for a place, Brother Yuli. Brother Elish. We will come unto him and make our abode with him. That calls for a place. And any man who do not obey the words of God or the commandments of God will not have God in him. You see? Yes, Brother Eli. And how blessed or how, how, I don't know, I cannot find the words to describe it. How... How blessed is a man that obeys God's will and can contain both of them to abide in them. The God that cannot be contained in the heaven, in the heavens of heavens, can be contained in Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And both of them can be contained in a man. Imagine that, Brother Eli. That obeys his commandment. It's amazing. That can be something like impossible to the thinking of a man. But it is in the Bible. We have to believe what was written in the Bible. Speaking of the word, Brother Yuli, infinite and finite. Speaking of mathematics and Google. Mm-hmm. Speaking of logic and common sense. All those things that contribute for us to understand the truth. Logic, mathematics, a place finite or infinite will not allow us to conclude that God is everywhere. Amen, Brother Eli. There are many instances in the Bible that will prove to us that God chooses the place where He wants to be. Mm-hmm. Not us. We do not designate the place where He will be. Mm-hmm. He is powerful enough and it is within His power to place where He will be. But I believe something is everywhere, Brother Eli. And what is that, Brother Eli? 15.3 of the book of Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 15, verse 3. Maybe I am giving a verse to the believers that God is everywhere if I read this verse. But, With braveness, I want you to read, read this verse. Proverbs chapter 15, verse 3. The eyes of the Lord are in every place, beholding 
the evil and the good. Mm-hmm. What is in every place? The eyes of the Lord, Brother Eli. And it is not necessary to say, definitely, it is not necessarily intelligent mm-hmm. or with prudence to say that the eyes of the Lord are in everywhere, in every place, if He Himself is everywhere. Did you get, did you get the point? Yes, Brother Eli. If He Himself is everywhere, ah, not only is His eyes, but His heart must be everywhere also. His eyes must be everywhere also. His feet must be everywhere also. His arms. His arms must be everywhere also. Because He is everywhere. Why in the world the Bible uses that phrase or that declaration? That the eyes of the Lord are in every place. Haverty's Furniture is here to help you get set for the season with up to $1,000 off. So you can set the stage with style and set the bar more beautifully. So why not settle in together on a new sofa? Because being at home doesn't mean having to settle for less. Even though the holidays feel a little different this year, Haverty's Furniture can help you create the perfect holiday setting with up to $1,000 off plus 0% interest. Haverty's Furniture is here to help you get set for the season with up to $1,000 off. So you can set the stage with style and set the bar more beautifully. So why not settle in together on a new sofa? Because being at home doesn't mean having to settle for less. Even though the holidays feel a little different this year, Haverty's Furniture can help you create the perfect holiday setting with up to $1,000 off plus 0% interest. Why? Because it doesn't mean the eyes of the Lord is scattered, but His eyes can see everywhere. The eyes is the sense of sight. Like us, our eyes are limited yes, Eli. Uh, to see some dis- distances. But the eyes of the Lord are in every place. Implying that really God is not everywhere. It is His sight that reaches all the places in the universe and beyond the heavens. Amen. Higher than the heavens. Amen. So, all these truths revealed in the Bible gives us the impression that God really is not everywhere. Instead of supporting that wrong belief that God is everywhere, verses of the Bible negates that silly and shallow deceit of the Catholic Church, that God is everywhere. Yes, Brother Eli. And we are not in any way mocking what they have learned from there. We are not mocking everyone by revealing the truth in the Bible, Brother Eli. Yes, Brother Eli. Never, nunca, our intention is to tell the truth and to reveal the pe- to the people the unheard truth in the Bible. No so intensong. Para revelar a verdade que até agora não é ouvido por os ouvidos dos humanos. We are just giving them uh, a point for thought, Brother Eli. Food for thought. Mm-hmm. So, we hope that you don't, to our listeners, please don't uh, be offended of what we speak of in this program, even if it sounds 
not sweet sounding to their ears. And just like I said at the beginning of the program, it may come to you as heresy because you were made to believe that the Almighty God is everywhere where in fact and in truth and biblically speaking, He is not everywhere. And we have given you biblical verses. We have laid, Brother Eli have laid down to you all the points to consider or reconsider your beliefs, brothers and sisters. And we hope that you do so. And after all that Brother Eli have explained, it is up for you to decide whether God really is everywhere or not. As God, Brother Yuli, is not forcing himself to us, we are not forcing our belief to others. Mm-hmm. But what we are trying to expose are the words of God in the Bible, which were hidden for centuries that have passed among people who believe that God is everywhere. It is a lie. It is a lie. And to be honest, Brother Eli, uh, I thought that uh, it is going to be a simple uh, discussion tonight because we have already learned parts of this uh, topic in the congregation. But I have learned a lot of new things tonight and I hope our listeners did too. And really, those people, each and everyone who have accepted or uh, followed the will of God, who are doing the will of God, each and every one of you, you are blessed to have let the Father and the Son enter into your heart. The immeasurable Father and the immeasurable Son dwell in your being. So I found a new level of uh, appreciation for each individual who is following the will of God. Because in them dwells the being of the Father and the Son who cannot be contained even of the greatness of the heavens and the earth. As Solomon declared, it is the thinking of Solomon that when he said, But will God indeed dwell on the earth? Behold, the heaven and the heaven of heavens cannot contain him. He is Solomon. But mm-hmm. Christ know more than Solomon. And Christ revealed it to the apostles later, after the time of Solomon. So the apostle Paul have written in the Bible that he is made higher than the heavens. Jesus Christ is made higher than the heavens. There are still places over and above the heavens and the heavens of heavens. So there are more mm-hmm. reserved places there. Human mind cannot anymore fathom. The immeasurable God must have a place immeasurable also. But that immeasurable God, the good news is, can dwell on a humble person that obeys His word. That's why that is so, so amazing, Brother Eli. It means the heart of someone who believes in God is so great that it can accommodate both the Son and the Father. And the Father. Amen, Brother Eli. Thanks be to God for that unheard wisdom. All praises and honor be unto God who teaches His word to us the undefiled truth written and read in this program. It is not the fruit of our imaginations or our inventions. Everything we see, we say 
We read from the Bible, no more, no less. God is not everywhere because He do not dwell in temples made by hands. He do not dwell in hearts filled with evil. He is not in a place where there is strife and confusion and many more. Amen, Brother Eddie. Uh, with this, we want to thank each and every one of you who participated in tonight's episode. Uh, we hope that you learned something like I did and we hope to be with you again on our next episode. This is your humble host, Yuli Villamin and your unprofitable servant, Brother Eli Soriano. Join us again next week for another exciting episode of the unheard truth from the Bible because you, you deserve, deserve the, the truth. truth. You've just listened to the unheard truth from the Bible. You can download the recorded version and share it with your friends. Make sure to subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. Until next time. Duncan is here to keep you running with a much needed taste of normal to work, home or work from home with the coffee you like just the way you like it. Whether that's a small hot black coffee, your daily 2 p.m. latte, or a bacon, egg, and cheese croissant and a medium iced coffee with oat milk, one sugar, two pumps of caramel, one pump hazelnut, a swirl of French vanilla, and a shot of espresso. I call it my p.m. pep rally. You should really try it. Whatever it is that gets you running, Dunkin's got you and always will. America runs on Dunkin'. Haverty's Furniture is here to help you get set for the season with up to $1,000 off. So you can set the stage with style and set the bar more beautifully. So why not settle in together on a new sofa? Because being at home doesn't mean having to settle for less. Even though the holidays feel a little different this year, Haverty's Furniture can help you create the perfect holiday setting with up to $1,000 off plus 0% interest.